0: Been quite a while since we uh, got on board our helicopter for our ride over the New Testament letters. You're probably very glad it is a helicopter and not a Boeing 737 if you saw that in the news recently. Um, so so far, what we've done is we've flown over Romans, be right, First Corinthians, be wise, Second Corinthians, be encouraged. Galatians be free, Ephesians be rich, Colossians be complete, Patrick took that up again last week, Philippians be joyful, First and Second Thessalonians be ready, and today we come to think about three books at once, but they are a very recognized unit in the New Testament, they're collectively known as the pastoral epistles. And that is 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. And I explain in a wee minute why that title for the, the pastoral epistles is actually very appropriate. But I'm not going to give you the key verse just at the moment. And what I would say, folks, is when we do eventually finish this series, when we've completed Revelation, the last letter in that sense, I will give you a little handout of the B word, and the key verse. It's just something quite handy to keep in your New Testament, gives you the main idea of the letter. But uh, I'm not gonna give you the key verse just at the moment because that'll come under point one. But the other thing I want to say is uh, we're gonna be spending eight, eight or nine Wednesday evenings doing a bit of a deep dive into Paul's letter to Titus. So whilst uh, Titus is going to shape what I share with you this morning, I will work from 1st and 2nd Timothy mainly. So what what I thought the best way to sort of go about this would be to identify four major threads that run through the pastoral epistles. Okay, so that's what we're going to do as time allows us. So here's the first thread. ...that so clearly runs through these three letters. Invest in the future. Invest in the future. There's a saying about the church. The church as a whole, the body of Christ. That it needs to live in a state of readiness... ...to leave this world at any moment... ...when Jesus Christ returns... While at the same time, as well as being ready to go, it needs to be busy building for the future, as if it's going to be here for a thousand years. And the pastoral epistles, these three letters, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus, they reflect that tension, that balance between A servant of God, the Apostle Paul, very clearly preparing to move on. He knows that he's moving on. But at the same time, taking all the measures that he can to ensure that what he leaves behind will be robust enough. To continue to shape the generations that follow behind him. So you see that tension, that sort of balance at the macro scale for the church. You see it played out in the life of Paul. He's gearing up to go. But he's looking behind and he's saying I'm going to do whatever I can. To leave things in good solid shape. So it's good to sort of remember the context in which these letters were written. And obviously we sort of, we group together 1st and 2nd Timothy for a very obvious reason. They're written to the same individual. But actually in respect of the situations that they're written into, it's really 1st Timothy and Titus that are the parallel situations. Because when both those letters were written. Paul was free. He was was free to move where he wanted to. But what he what he was doing in those letters was he was writing to two of his younger associates in the gospel work uh, and he was giving them a charge to complete the task that he had for them. Timothy was in the great city of Ephesus And Paul wrote to him to get him to complete the work. Titus, on the other hand, he was on the island of Crete. But it's the same thing. I've left you there. Get on with completing the task that I've got for you. Second Timothy then comes a little later. Not terribly much, but a little later than those two letters. And it's Paul's last known correspondence that we have he knows he knows he's going and he's writing to Timothy his faithful companion for many years and he wants to encourage him with some final words of instruction but here's the thing Paul is concerned with his legacy in no sense in a self-serving or self-glorifying way. But he so evidently wants to protect what God has done through him and his gospel work. So here's our key verse. This this in many ways just captures the spirit of the pastoral letters. And it's a, it's a pretty famous verse. It's 2 Timothy 2 2. So it's dead easy to remember. I mean, there's actually Christian organizations called 2 Timothy 2 2. And you'll see why. 2 Timothy 2 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Now, can you see the chain here? Timothy, you've heard what I've told you. Now, what I want you to do, Timothy, is to select out reliable people so that they, in turn, can teach others. It's this sort of cascading principle, I call it. And that's why it's in the pastoral epistles that you get the two big passages in the New Testament on elders. And the absolutely key role that they're going to play in protecting and shoring up the work of God among his people. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 has extensive passages on the qualifications and the role of elders. But these letters compel us to ask certain questions of ourselves. What am I doing to secure The future of God's work. What are we doing by way of investing in those who are coming behind us? And in actual fact, that question cuts both ways. Because as well as older ones in the faith like me... It makes those younger ones coming behind going, am I allowing myself to be invested in? Have I made the priority of my life, my younger life, have I made it the priority is that I'm invested in? So that my life in turn will benefit God's work going forward. Legacy planning is an issue that each of us have to think through for ourselves. It's also an issue that we need to think through as a fellowship. You know, we don't want Castlereagh Fellowship to be a collection of personal empires, Ministries that are wrapped around personalities. What we want to see is we want to see believers coming through. Who have been invested in. Who will then be able to bear the full weight of responsibility for the work. When the baton does actually pass into their hands that is what we want to see may God make us a people with the vision and commitment to bear the weight of this work for generations to come should the Lord tarry So the first thread that you can easily see running through Paul's correspondence to Timothy and Titus is this, invest in the future. The second thing I would pull out is this, keep the gospel central. We have nothing without the gospel and we have everything With the gospel, there's at least four things that Paul would have us remember about the gospel. Here's the first one: remember what it is, and here's how Paul describes it in First Timothy chapter one verse eleven. It's the gospel. Concerning the glory of the blessed God. The gospel is the setting forth, the outshining of the glory of who God is. Every time that message is shared, like we've been doing this morning, sitting around the bread and the wine, The glory of God fills this place. Remember what it is. It's the revelation of God's glory. Remember who it is about. It's in the pastoral epistles that we get these incredible verses. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 onwards. For there is one God. And one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. It's all about Jesus Christ. All our eggs are in one basket, folks. That's why we're going to be spending five Sunday evenings considering who Jesus is. Because the gospel is wrapped up exclusively, 100% in who Jesus is. And what he has done. So remember what the gospel is. It's the revelation of God's glory. Remember who it's about. It's about the man Christ Jesus. The one mediator. The God man. Who gave himself as a ransom for all. Remember thirdly who it's for. Here's another famous verse that you find in the pastoral epistles. 1 Timothy 1.15, Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. We just read 1 Timothy 5. He gave himself as a ransom for all. 1 Timothy 4, verse 10. God He is the Savior of all men, especially in a special sense of those who believe. This is who the gospel's for. Everyone. Name me someone that's not for. The wonderful sound of silence. It's for everyone. Don't forget that. No matter who you look at, who you hear about, who you come across. And finally, remember the gospel has been entrusted to us. This is what Paul is getting at again and again in the letters. We read 1 Timothy 1.11. The gospel reveals the glory of the blessed God. And then Paul says this, which he entrusted to me. Great, he's entrusted the gospel to Paul. Yeah, but then you go to 2 Timothy one. Verses 10 to 14 is all about the gospel. And then he says to Timothy in verse 14 of 2 Timothy 1, guard the good deposit which was entrusted to you. That gospel deposit. Paul says it was entrusted to me, and now he says entrusted to you. And do you know what? There is such a thing as apostolic succession. It's not the nonsense about who the Pope is. It's the apostolic message. Entrusted to the apostles. The faith once committed to the saints. It's now been entrusted to us. Keep the gospel central. As Paul looks to those he's leaving behind. Whatever you do. Keep the gospel central. Thirdly. Toughen up. What image does Paul use, choose to capture the essence of living as a servant of Jesus Christ in the world? What's the, what's the image that's going to really just get it? 1 Timothy 1.18 Fight the battle well. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12 Fight the battle the good fight of faith. Who said Christianity is for wimps? And a good fighter. They've got to be able to do two things at least. They've got to be able to land a good punch. But they've got to be able to take a good punch. So what I want you to do for a moment. I want, to, I want you to take your Bible in your hand. And do a quick word study with me. In Second Timothy. So this is Paul's. He, he knows his life is already being poured out. He knows that. He's finished the race. He's kept the faith. He's got his eyes on the crown of righteousness. He, he, like the moorings are being loosened. He knows he's going. And he wants to say this to Timothy. This is what you'll need now Timothy. Going forward. Second Timothy 2, verse three: "Join with me in suffering, like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Or endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ." Endure." Verse 10. Paul says, "Therefore I endure everything. For the sake of the elect, that they may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Endure. Verse 12. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Chapter 3, verse 10. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, love, endurance, Persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Chapter four, verse five, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. We will achieve nothing of lasting significance in the work of God without endurance. Did you notice, sometimes when we read these sort of funny sounding names. But did you notice in chapter 3 verses 10 and 11 there. When Paul's saying, look, Timothy, you know all about how I've lived and what characterised my life, my faith, my hope, my endurance, etc. But he then makes it very detailed. And he says to Timothy, you, you, you remember what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra. The persecutions I endured. What do you do when you, when you read something like that? You go, well, do we know what Paul endured at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? Well, we do. Because we're told in the book of Acts. Turn to Acts 14 for a moment. Acts 14. And this is at Lystra. Okay? So he's at Lystra. Verse 19 of Acts 14. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. Bells ringing. And won the crowd over. They stoned Paul. And dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered round him he got up. And went back into the city. That's Lystra. Lystra. Paul says, Timothy, you know what I want you to put your mind back to? Lystra, you remember when I lay face down, face in the dirt, and they thought I was dead. Why would that have been so meaningful to Timothy? Where was Timothy from? Lystra, just prior to this, John Mark, Paul's companion, had done a bunk. The going got tough, so John Mark got going. Sometime later, Paul comes back to Lystra. In Acts 16, you can read about it. And there's a young man there. That the believers put forward and say, "He'd be great companion for you, Paul." Do you see what shaped Timothy? What do you do when your face is in the dirt and to all appearances, you're dead. What do you do? You get up and go again. There would have been no Timothy. If Paul had stayed on the ground and packed it in. You see, there are some blessings in the work of God that only come on the far side of endurance. Hope we learn that in Castlereagh Fellowship. When the tough times come, just keep going, just keep going. Because there's Timothy's on the other side of endurance. Finally, invest in the future. Keep the gospel central. Toughen up. Prioritize character. You can't read the pastoral epistles and miss the central importance of character. See, I've been talking about planning for the future, legacy planning. Ensuring that the gospel remains central. Persevering in the work when it gets tough. But there's something that Paul just places front and center for his two younger associates. So let me read you some selected verses from the pastoral epistles from 1st and 2nd Timothy anyway. 1st Timothy 4 verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Verse 16 Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. Chapter 5, verse 22. It's in the middle of a particular point he's making. Keep yourself pure. Chapter 6, verse 11. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, Faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And if you want that flee, pursue thing again. 2 Timothy 2 verse 22. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In 2 Timothy 3.10, we read it. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, etc. What underpins everything in the service of God? What is utterly non-negotiable? The importance of Character. The debate emerges every so often in public life to do with our public officials. Does it matter how he or she lives if they get the job done? Pure pragmatism. That debate raged with a certain former prime minister. Does it really matter if he gets the job done? Not so in God's work. See here's what we have to remember. As servants of God. Yes we do the work of God. But at all times. We are the work of God. So important. That we don't. Prioritize gift. Gift. Or service itself above the person that we actually are. Gift, service is never a substitute for character. It's not just about getting the job done. It's not just about doing the crash or giving the booklets out or whatever. It's not just about that. It's who we are who does the crash? who gives the booklets out. That's what Paul wants Timothy and Titus to remember. We're not just servants. We're children. We're sons and daughters to grow up in our father's likeness. So you'll know why Warren Wearsby called the pastoral epistles, Be Faithful. Be Faithful. Invest in the future. All of us. Those who are older in the faith, look behind. Those who are younger in the faith, open up. Allow us to invest in you. Keep the gospel central. Remember. It's the revelation of God's glory. It's all about Jesus. It's for everyone. And it's been entrusted to us. And toughen up. All of us. Let's develop resilience. Endurance. In the work of God. And prioritize character. The most important thing about you. Is the person you are. God's work will take care of itself if you're becoming the person he wants you to be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the blessedness blessedness of this time together. What a privilege it is to gather to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth father we thank you for the words of the songs that we've been able to sing today the truth that we declare in the context of praise our hearts are full we thank you lord for being able to focus on our redeemer and his great great work for us lord for those images of the credit card and the search history delete and the scorched earth, we see the wonder of Christ's work for us. We thank you even Lord for being able to open up to what you're doing through Claire and Amir and Hamseye and the great work that they're doing, our partnership in the gospel Lord. And we thank you Father for the the treasure of your word through which you speak to your people today with your unmistakable voice. So Lord, we thank you for the privilege of fellowship in this way. We ask Lord, as we go back to our homes and our families and our life situations, that this time will translate through to that that above everything else, Lord, we'll know your work of the transformation of grace in our own lives. Father, we do look ahead to tonight. We bless you for Mervyn and those he represents, trying to bring the good news, the gospel, to people even on this island. Bless our time tonight, Lord, with Mervyn and Alan. May you work showing us exactly what you would have us do in response. So Father, we come, as we say, with full hearts to give you our thanks, to look for your blessing as we separate. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to this Castlereagh Fellowship podcast. For more podcasts, Bible teaching videos, and to see what's going on at the church, please visit our website, castlereaghfellowship.com. God bless.